The future of project management is changing fast. On Projectified with PMI, we'll help you stay ahead of the trends as we talk about what that means for the industry and for everyone involved. I'm Stephen W. May for Projectified with PMI. For an easy way to stay up to date on Projectified with PMI, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and PMI.org slash podcast. In this episode, we continue with Kevin Murphy, head of Bain's Center of Expertise for Co-Creation. In part one of our conversation, we learned what sets transformation apart from other projects and key characteristics of the co-creation environment. Here in part two, Kevin shares his insights on maintaining momentum, dealing with culture, and the essential role of clear and compelling drivers for transformational change. Whenever you run one of these events that triggers um, th- th- this, this thinking, you know, people always walk out of it at the end of the day saying, that was fantastic. That was great. You know, we, gosh, we got somewhere that's new and different, etc. And then I always think of um, a phrase you and I have both used over the, the years of, you know, the half-life of that energy and enthusiasm is 24 hours. A week later, they're thinking, that was pretty good, um, you know, what we did. Um, I remember some of it. Uh, I still have some of that enthusiasm and energy. And a month later, they're going, that was kind of a monumental waste of time. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it, it, it was like, um, you, know, you know, carbs to somebody on a diet, um, you know, short-term um, fix. But now we're back running the business. And right. as we are today, the challenge is to keep that momentum going. And again, when you talk about come back into the organization, um, the the role that you know project professionals and, and and other leaders can have in the organization is is to preserve that way of working. It's it's not a single event. You know, it's it's actually at the end of the day, it's about changing mindsets and attitudes and having people work in a different way, and that doesn't happen um, in a single event. So it's how do you build it so out of the coming months ahead, you continue and not you know it, it's it's not that energy declining, but actually you get it to you know I- increase. Yeah, on an, an upward slope. We actually talk about having a a system of those interactions. So one doesn't make a difference. Afterwards, the energy just begins to come down. Right. Two, and you get people to a higher plateau, and the decline begins to reduce. Yeah. Three, you take them higher again, and now you've got more of a continued kind of energy yeah. to support it. But then it's how do you take that way of working out of just the leadership team and into how you work as an organization. Um, you know, I, I worked just last week with uh, a financial organization, and we went through two major events um, in the space in a, in a very short um, space of, of of time. One with a very senior leadership team, and then one with the um, the team below them, and and. This is a group were clearly influenced by um, the experience um, that they just had. And, and one of the um, leaders who was instrumental in, put, in, in putting that together 
yesterday was sharing with me, you know, we've got a leadership team meeting at the end of this month. I don't want it to be a standard leadership team meeting. You know, we've a couple of decisions we need to make. How do we make it more like what we experienced? And when we were together in the room, so now we're just going to design a couple of hours. It's a four-hour meeting. We're going to design a couple of hours of that four hours to get them to another you know, level of, of result and outcome. Yeah. But to begin to embed in them the, the understanding that this wasn't a one-off event. We're actually changing the way we work together. Yeah. So the good news, bad news is you create an, an appetite. Yeah. Now we just have to have them eat healthy food. <laughs> and it's right. good news, good news. Right, right. And and do you find that as you create that appetite and, and people continue to say, we want to continue to work this way, or a given group, I can see where that continues on forward sort of linearly. But what about down below that group? Does it cascade down that way as well? Yeah, it, it absolutely has to. Um I mean, when we say you start at the top, it's you start at the top. And if, it, if, that's all, if, if that's where it stays, you haven't created a lasting or enough impact. You're back to the 50, sliding down into the 50 and percent. Um, so you want to create more opportunities and more ex- experience. One of the things we haven't talked about, but for me it's related to this um, conversation, is the relationship between transformational change and cultural change. Um, when you transform organizations, you almost, and I, and, I, and I would become close to putting it at, a, it at 100% of the time, you actually have to make a significant shift in the culture of the organization. If it is truly transformational and yeah. what was becomes something very different, it requires a different culture. Yeah. Um, at the end. And, and very often at the outset, when I'm working with the senior team, we'll, we'll go through an exercise to describe what that future needs to be. And I'll actually ask them, how would you need to behave differently to lead in that new environment? And it's, again, always a great conversation and a good contrast between where they are today and where they see themselves um, needing to be. The challenge is to make that cultural shift. And one of the I think it was Einstein who said, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it um, in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think that's very true of major cultural shifts. You can't invent the new culture by living the old one. Right. If you're locked in the old culture, then, you know, you, you, you may pay lip service to what could be, but you're still living in the old yeah, so you, you you transitioned there just a moment ago by saying, look, if we're really talking about succeeding at something that is transformational in nature, there's there will inevitably or almost inevitably be culture change required. Well, so what do you what's your simple definition for for culture? So everybody's commenting on we got to do some culture. I was working with someone recently executive kept saying yeah, we got to get a group together and, and we got to get started on the culture. So tell me what you're talking about. First, um, what do I define as culture? Um, culture is everything to do with behavior. Um, and I define culture as um, how people behave when nobody's watching. Um, the culture influences that behavior. And if you want to see the culture and how it's represented, it's not 
big fancy culture words. It's look at what people are doing. Um, and that represents the decisions they're making, how they're deciding, how they're thinking, um, when nobody's looking over their shoulder. That's the culture in the organization. Okay. And it's often, if you see culture in that way, it's often very different to what people have written down as their culture. Um, it's frequently an exercise I do with people. I, I talk culture as expressed versus culture as experienced. Yeah. Um, and they're usually two very different, um, different lists. The second thing I want to pick on is, is your executive who said we're going to do something cultural. Yeah. Um, they are in the 38%. Okay. Um, if I'll you, be sure and let her know. If you set out to make a purely cultural shift, you are going to fail. Uh, because culture is the hardest thing to change. I, I, when I think about changes, I, I think of them at three different levels. The first level is changing what you do. You used to do this process. Now I want you to do this process. We do a lot of that change in organizations. It's the easy change to make happen. The next level and kind of order of magnitude harder is changing how people think. So it's not just how you, what you do, but I need you to think differently about how you do, what you do and how you choose um, to do it. Much harder change to create for people. The third level of change is changing who you are. That's the cultural change. That's, you used to operate in this way. I need you to be different. Not just think different, I need you to be different. You know, so I want to create a customer-oriented culture. You know, we throw that around um, all the time. Huge challenge if you want to shift the way people are going to interact um, with, with customers. Um, so b- back to why you're, and that person is going to, um, to, to fail. Um, they're going to fail because you know, culture change is hard and you haven't given them a, a reason to change. Um, I see a lot of people who, who chase the latest buzzword you know, for their culture. To me, the culture change that succeeds is actually the one that's driven by a transformation, where you say, we actually need to create a different level of performance in the future. We need to create a different way of operating. We need to create, you know, but there's a, there is a who we need to be aspiration. And then you say, but to get there, we would have to change how we behaved. So it's the behavior is not the driver. The behavior is a consequence of the business change and that you want to take place. They're the culture changes I've seen and succeed. And, 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 and back to, you know, how do you make that happen? If that's so different from where you are today, you know, how do you make that, that happen? The first place the new culture emerges or is applied is actually on the transformation project. You actually have to trans- you actually have to create your future, create the transformation with the mindset and culture and attitude of the future, not the mindset cu- culture and attitude of today. I love that. So the so the idea so we're building something for the future but we that are involved in the initiative in the transformational initiative, the big I initiative, we have to start living in that new culture before before that future exists. I'll tell you a great story. Um, working with a utility company, um, 
very committed to major change. They had to go through leadership team getting on board. We had one of those experiences, getting them to visualize the future and talk about, you know, if that's the future, how would we have to behave differently as leaders? Very focused on them and how they would have to behave differently. Um, Everybody was in a very good place, very excited, very enthusiastic. The next day, we're sitting in the room, the same room together, and they're having a leadership team meeting. And what are they doing? They're displaying all of the culture and behaviors of the past that they said was a problem. So we did, and this is an exercise I, I, I think you're familiar with, we, did a, we, ha- we happened to still have up on the board the list of behaviors that they needed for the future. So I get, get everybody up off the, off, away from the table. We went and we stood around the board, and I pointed to that list. I said, imagine that you are all, you the leadership team, are the future you. You're three years from now, and that's how you behave, pointing to what they had said the previous day was what the culture that was needed. Now look back at the table. What advice would you give your current self yeah. about how you're behaving? Yeah. What advice would you give your teammates around the table about how they're behaving? And are they living in the old culture or living in the new? They spent an hour talking to themselves, yeah, <laughs> talking to the empty chair that represented their current self. <laughs> And had so many breakthroughs for months afterwards. Yeah. They were referring. They they didn't talk about it to others because they were yeah. kind of embarrassed. Yeah. Right. But among them, it was like a secret handshake. Yeah. And yeah. To have been part of that um, experience. How did they carry that forward? So they had this breakthrough kind of moment. They had done what a lot of people do, which is identify what needs to be true about the future culture. But then they went a step further. They recognized how they were performing in that moment inconsistent with that and what they could do differently. But then how was it carried forward once they left the room? So we actually made it present in a number of things that they do. A very simple one was uh, from that day forward, they ended every meeting by giving themselves feedback. Wow. So at the end of every meeting they had as a group, they shared with one another, did we live up to and what could we do better and how can we make the next meeting better? We also paired them up around the table, and they met once a week with a peer okay. to give one another feedback or just share with one another what yeah. they, were, yeah. and they were doing. So we made it very well. Then the big step, um, which took a, a, a few weeks to get to, each of them got their team together and shared the behavior that they were working on with their team, and they invited their team to give them feedback yeah. on what they were doing and yeah. what was happening. Right. And in a very short time, they, and now their direct reports, were all behaving more from the future perspective than so, the current. I think about some of the places where I've, where I've worked where there was a culture that was counter to transparency, counter to feedback, and would actually result in a, in a kind of offense being created if, uh, if, if people heard anything that was sort of hard for them to hear or didn't, didn't make them feel or look their absolute best. So what were you dealing with there as a starting point? 
You know, in other words, it sounds like they're they're doing some things that for some organizations would be very hard to give that kind of feedback. Oh, we're talking about the leadership team yeah. of an electric utility, right? Um, very traditional, yeah. Um, in attitudes and mindset and, and process, this was very new and very different um, for them. But again, remember it was anchored in. Remember that future we all said, not just that we want to achieve, right. but that we have to achieve. Right. This is necessary to get us there. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that there weren't times when people faltered, when people got frustrated, when people thought it was a game and they didn't want to um, continue um, with it. But, you know, we would take them back to, okay, which of what part of that future that you described are you okay with giving up? Because if we don't make this behavioral change, here, here are the elements of that that are no longer possible. Yeah. If we're all okay with that, then we can agree. Yeah. So there's been a, uh, there's been a well-known, well-known, well-known company in the, in the news this year, very recently. Um, and the, one of the words that appears in every single article and in every single story and every single comment is culture. Keep saying yeah, we have a culture problem, or they have a culture problem. And then, of course, fast forward, it becomes almost comedy, where you see the the board is meeting to discuss this culture problem, and one of the board members has to resign because he makes an inappropriate comment that demonstrates the culture problem. So th- this is that, when I think about their example, and we know that's that's something that's going to, assuming they solve it, it's going to take a while to solve if I go back to what you described earlier, saying, look, if you just try to change culture for culture's sake, you're going to fail. So what does that say about their prospects? Because what I keep hearing is not that our business isn't prospering, not that we aren't growing, not that it's that we've got a culture problem. So we're going to go solve our culture problem. Does that, what does that say for their uh, prognosis for success? In each of the companies that I've described and, and, and work with, they there has been a leader who is, um, you know, behind and driving um, the the success. And, and, and at the end of the day, you, you know, you, you turn to that person um, and kind of look for their support, look for, you know, they've got to personally model yeah. um, what it is um, you're trying to achieve. Where does the project manager fit in this broad range of roles that are involved in, in moving major change projects forward? Everybody can be a change agent. Um, the roles that project managers sometimes play in, in organizations are a little too narrow. Transformational change is big and complex. It's also dynamic and shifting and changing, and it's very personal, and there's the knowing when to keep focused on the target and knowing when is the right pl- time to get you a know, move and, um, and, 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 and address something um, different. It requires a lot of it's kind of discipline and flexibility at the same time. Um, I can't think of the, the right combination. Discipline, disciplinability, f- <laughs> flexibility. <laughs> You're going coin to a, coin a new term. You know, the, you, heard, the, it here, you the, heard it here first. The project manager who sees their role um, as part of the big picture, um, who is 
kind of integral to what's happening and 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 frankly not just kind of ticking the project management boxes um, is hugely valuable um, but it's it's the environment and the opportunity um, to make to make that work um, we, we talk about again transformational change being big um, and and the need to to manage it and keep up with the changes and the twists and turns. Um, we, we implement something we call a results delivery office, um, you know, which will sound a little bit like project management office, but and you know, the ideas are built on top of a of of many of the ideas from project management office. But but it's also different, and and one of the things is you know, the highest level we see three lanes and three disciplines, three focuses really, within um, a results delivery office. And the three are value, delivery, and people. Um, value meaning, you know, are we creating the result? Are we getting into the 12%? Are we paying attention to understanding, you know, the levers that we need to pull to create the result um, that, that needs to happen? And is all that staying focused over the, the long term? Um, delivery uh, meaning, you know, are we keeping the trains running on time? Are we, you know, achieving the the result in the time frame um, that we want to? But also, are we are we helping people with the the process and how they go about making the change? We see the delivery role as being a coach to um, to teams and 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 you know getting them the right tools um, to make. Um, to, to create the result, and then the the third stream being people. Um, that ultimately, it's back to our culture conversation. You know, organizations don't change; people do. And um, you know, how do we ensure that that behavioral capability, organizational structure, etc., is all in place to ensure that we have you know people who can and will support. Um, the solutions that we're putting in place. And, you know, I think of those three, value, delivery, and, 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 and people, and, and project management skills being, you know, present in all three, but mostly in the delivery, um, you know, band. But I think of those three, and it's, it's like if there isn't some tension between them, um, if we aren't thinking of the trade-offs, I could do this faster, but it doesn't get people you know, on board in the right way, or it may have an impl- impact on the value that we're yeah. um, generating. Um, if there isn't frequent debate, um, yeah. and even sometimes raised voices between those three, you know, you actually don't have a functioning results delivery right. in the office. Right. Um, you have people who are, you know, doing the job, not, yeah. you know, achieving the, um, the, the, the result. And, and that's my guidance for the, the, project management professional is put yourself in the bigger picture. Don't see your role narrowly. Um, be a part of, you know, what's happening and, you know, challenge and support your peers. Um, don't just speak up when the Gantt chart, you know, comes out. Um, you know, get, get involved in all of the dialogues and be part of the, the full solution. If we are involved in something that is uh, transformational in nature, major changes rolling out across a broad 
scope of the of the organization, there will be some pushback on that. Where does the project manager fit in getting past that resistance? So, so firstly, I'm wholly in agreement with you. There is always resistance. And um, when, when managers or leaders tell me that they're not seeing resistance, I say you're absolutely right. You're not seeing it. Um, because the, the only res, re, resistance that you can't address is that which you can't um, see. Um, you know, the, uh, one of the things about transformational change is that it challenges many people's, you know, basic assumptions and experience. Um, the, and that particularly applies um, to resistance. Um, I tell leaders that when you hear resistance, when you first hear resistance, you know, go back to your office, close your door, and quietly celebrate because resistance is the first sign that people are taking you seriously. Um, until you experience resistance, people have been nodding their heads and saying, this will go away. It always does. Um, they don't put the energy into resist until they believe it's going to happen. That, that's a great reframing, I think. I, I'm thinking about pro- so many project managers who have been on the receiving end of some leader saying, why are we seeing this? Why are people unhappy? Why am I getting this noise? And, and then part of that, whether they say it directly, part of it is, and why aren't you fixing it? And I can see people going away from listening to you and, and walking into that office now and saying, hey, now that we've heard resistance, we should close the door and, and quietly celebrate because people are taking you seriously. I think that's fantastic, the idea that people are taking it seriously. It's not only that, but as you were describing it, um, because many leaders don't understand that, yeah. their reaction to resistance can often be all wrong. So if you haven't th- taught them that there's always resistance and, and it's a good thing when you see it, when they do get resistance, the pushback, is this too much, too fast, we can't do it, is it right? Um, they, they, they have a tendency to take a step back. Right. And by take a step back, I mean begin to question themselves. Maybe we are going too fast. Maybe we should slow something down. And, of course, if they do it, they just teach people that resistance works. Right. Oh, good. Let's right. work. Let's resist some more because <laughs> it's working. Right. Whereas if you understand that resistance is inevitable yeah. and it's a good sign, when you encounter resistance, your reaction is actually to step in to resistance and not step back. Of course, you would always start with empathy because empathy is so important in these environments. So I understand that you know, you think we're moving fast. Um, I'm glad you're raising it. I'm glad, it, you know, we can talk about it. But hold on, I want to remind you why we're doing this. Let me, let's go back to the case for change and, and why we absolutely have to do this. And, and then you're actually getting people to kind of recommit and double down yeah. instead of kind of stepping back from. Yeah. Um, huge, huge shift yeah. um, if you can make, make it happen. Yeah. So if I, if I combine that with something you said before, you talked earlier about your advice being that project managers not defined, define their roles so narrowly. And when I fast forward into what you've just said, I could see more and more project managers, project leaders 
maybe taking a step that feels a little frightening, which is to start holding leaders accountable to that, saying so helping to prepare them, saying, look, we're going to go have this meeting today and here's what's likely going to happen. So in other words, whatever label you want to put on it, there's going to be some level of resistance, there's going to be some noise. But being able to say, don't let that deter you. Don't let that deter you. Hold your ground. If you if you pull back from this, we're never going to get anywhere. And I could imagine, and, and those are not always going to be the appropriate words, but I can imagine more and more project managers and, and other project leaders kind of stepping into that and not not being so quick to just take the instruction, but to provide that kind of accountability, that kind of feedback. You know, some have said, you know, hold up the mirror. It's finding the confidence um, to do it, you know, or to do it again, or to do it in these new um, circumstances. And 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 my, you know, guidance, advice for what it's worth um, to the people who are, are, are listening is try. Yeah. Find the right situation. Find a leader that you think is the right person and, and, and might be open. And I think you'll find that it is more welcomed and more than that, more needed yeah. than you anticipate. Yeah, yeah. On a very practical note, you know, if I find myself managing a project or in a significant project leadership role within something that involves significant change— at a practical level, what changes for me? My advice to you would be to leave your office, to get up, to walk around, to spend more time with the people um, you know, who are playing different roles yeah. um, on the project. So, you know, instead of 90% of your time in front of the screen and 10% in meetings, Maybe ten percent in meetings, ten percent in front of the screen, and eighty percent out. Yeah, looking at what's happening, experiencing, understanding. I mean, we often are marking up things on, you know, charts, and we yeah. don't actually understand what people yeah. are doing or what it takes. And with that, uh, occasionally open the door and get out. Uh, Kevin Murphy gets the last word. Uh, Kevin, it is always a pleasure, and uh, love following your work. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. For an easy way to stay up to date on Projectified with PMI, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and PMI.org slash podcasts.